What's up, everybody? Welcome to another exciting episode of Triggered Wrestling. We are a couple days away from a great, amazing weekend. What a time to be alive to be a wrestling fan. But stay tuned for us to talk about it on this episode of Triggered Wrestling. Triggered Wrestling is so awesome. All the way around. That gets me triggered. Ooh, okay. Well, let's go with the bad trigger right now. See, I'm a, I'm a fan of all of it. We'll force you to watch Triggered Wrestling. Absolutely correct, Brian. What a time to be a wrestling fan. We had a lot of debuts uh, amongst all companies. TNA, Impact. There's a rumor going on in WWE. Somebody's going to debut or make a return. Couple debuts over here in AEW Dynamite as well, man. What a time to be alive, man. You know, as you said, we had Nick Namath, Dana Brooke, Top Dollar. All three former members of the WWE roster joined TNA. Wow. I said it from the beginning. Dolph Ziggler needed to join TNA or Ring of Honor. That was the right move for him. And for him to pick TNA, in my opinion, that's a lot better. He can be a top player Why would it be in Ring of Honor, bro? Fucking trash show, bro. Developmental for AEW. Why would he be there? People were saying, oh, Dolph Ziggler need to go to AEW, AEW. And I'm like, nah, he does not need to go to AEW. The alternative would be Ring of Honor. Put it over. He can still work New Japan days, Mexico days, Indies, whatever he's doing. Either way, TNA, I'm happy for him in TNA. What about you? He's got a good spot in TNA, I think, that the new champion, Moose, essentially got called out by Nick Nemeth. They they stood face to face. That's a good first challenge, I think. Uh, I'm really surprised about AJ Francis, Top Dollar, making his TNA debut. He looks in good shape. He, he looks to be in better shape than he was when he left WWE, so that, that's that's good for him. I know he had some health problems. He said he had diabetes, right? So good for him. Yeah. I'm really surprised about Jack Perry making his New Japan Pro Wrestling debut, attacking Shoto Minu, and then tearing up an AEW contract. Does that mean he's not an AEW? Does that mean he's a free agent? Is that just, I mean, what is that? You know what I mean? Yeah, it could be a storyline, or it could be that he was the scapegoat for AEW. Jungle Jack Perry did have an armband that read scapegoat on it. I don't know why he would say he's the scapegoat to AEW when it was his comment that triggered CM Punk backstage. So in a way, it's uh, I don't understand it, but I'll be tuning in because Jungle Jack Perry, Jungle Boy, is a AEW original. I When I first saw him on the scene in AEW, I was a fan of his. I'm still a fan of his now. But yeah, I want to see more of where this goes. He also came back with a fully grown beard. He was unrecognizable at first. Unfortunately, we couldn't make the show because we had other uh, prior engagements that we needed to go to. But some of our friends, some of our listeners here from Sacramento attended the show and captured fan footage for us. That was amazing. Yeah, that was amazing. I mean, what, to be fair, we were at the Matt Riddle signing in Sacramento on Sunday. So we had to get ready for that. But uh, I mean, what what did you think about Matt Riddle at Barrio Toys? Oh, bro. The bro is fucking amazing, man. Let me tell you, he's down to earth. He's fucking chill. You could talk to him like... Like, he's your bro. Like, you know, you can talk to him, like, without, you know, being uh, uh, nervous that he's a star, he's a wrestler, he's on TV. He just made it chill. He didn't seem like, oh, I'm this wrestler that I, I should be uh, looked upon, you know? Riddle's down to earth guy. I love him. Um, I know there was a few uh, members of the Body of Toy family who took a walk with Riddle before the signing. Um was hoping I was going to be part of that, but uh, no, I needed to work. Uh, no days off here in this pod. But yeah, man, Matt Riddle was amazing. He's a 
fun guy who's cracking some jokes. Uh, what about you? He was down to earth. It was good to see him. We did talk a little bit about what's next for Matt Riddle. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised that after a year or so that he makes his way back to WWE, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind seeing it. I know Riddle did say that after the Endeavor deal went through, um, Dana White and Matt Riddle don't see eye to eye. So he feels like Dana White had something to do with it. But at the same time, it's like Riddle is money. He is money, so why is WWE going to deny money, you know? so But that's coming from Riddle's mouth, not from me. So there's probably other stuff going on backstage. Maybe they didn't need him. But eventually, uh, I'm, I'm thinking Riddle will come back. Yeah, I think he's going to go back to WWE, bro. I do not think that he's going to be in AEW. I just feel like he fits best in WWE. I know he said he wanted to be in New Japan. That's why he went there. So I feel like after... This little suspension that he got, right? Because essentially had like, uh, he was suspended for marijuana again, right? Yep. Again. Again. So, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, after a year of <clears throat> getting clean or whatever you want to call it, that he's back there. Yeah. Um, he also has a new baby too. And he says that, um, with all the baby on the way, baby doing- on the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, with all these dates, he's trying to figure out his schedule. It's not like WWE where you need to be here at this location at the exact time. Otherwise, you're going to get in trouble or something. And to Riddle, you know, this fits perfectly for him. You know what didn't fit well with me, bro? Was this episode of fucking Monday Night Raw, bro? Ooh. Other than the main event, the show dragged. It was slow-paced. Damn. I mean, the opening segment and then the last segment and the rest of it, you could you could have not even watched. Yeah, most of this show was uh, pretty much like every other show. It's pretty much skippable. Um, There's like one or two cool segments sprinkled around there. But yeah, pretty much the three whole hour show, it's uh, pretty much skippable. We had the Xavier Woods versus uh, Ludwig Kaiser. We had kind of like a different rematch, but it was R-Truth and The Miz versus Damien Priest and Finn Balor. The A squad of uh, Judgment Day. And then they still barely won. Also, we had the women's tag match. We had Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark have their match. I mean, to me, it was skippable. We ha- we saw Kira Tozawa get a win over Ivar, bro. Make it make sense. Yeah. And uh, one thing I wanted to talk about Shayna Baszler is like, the woman has been on the roster for four years. She's had a WrestleMania match with Becky Lynch. A SummerSlam win over Ronda Rousey. Why can't the woman get over with the crowd? I mean, I know WWE is a land of opportunities, and people like to say that's where the woman division needs to go in order to get over, but this woman can't get over, and neither can Zoe Stark. So what is WWE doing wrong with Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark? Well, she she was over. Remember when she choked out everybody at the Elimination Chamber, and then after that, she lost. I mean, she could still be back there. It's just they're kind of just pigeonholing her into the women's tag division, just like they did when she was with Ronda Rousey. It's like they're just trying to force her there. But eventually, she, I mean, she uh, she deserves a women's world championship run, yeah. I think. Yeah, and that's what a lot of fans were talking. After the Ronda Rousey feud, everybody was saying Shayna Baszler needs to go on a singles run and just WWE, I guess... They don't believe in her. They don't trust her. They don't think she's money or what? Because, I mean, the woman can wrestle. The woman sounds like Naruto, but she can wrestle. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I know you were talking about the Becky Lynch kind of her promo. I mean, you, I'll let you get into that. But we were texting about it. Oh, yeah. Becky Lynch. Um, Yeah, I was just joking around that Becky Lynch pretty much sounds all monotone and stuff when it comes to her promos. I mean, you can look at Becky Lynch's promos and she sounds like she's trying to hide her accent. I don't know if that's a thing WWE uh, is making 
making her do or if she wants to do it herself but yeah it just sounds really weird when you go back and watch these uh these promos from Becky Lynch you know but she does have her eye on the women's division and the women's championship that Rhea Ripley holds Becky Lynch said that she thinks Rhea Ripley is better than her but she needs to prove it and she needs to prove it by winning the Royal Rumble and by beating Rhea Ripley at Wrestlemania some fans online did get a little confused because they were like she lost to Nia Jax the week before cleanly why is she out here talking this nonsense to Rhea Ripley first of all she lost to Nia why is Becky Lynch out here thinking that she can go straight up to Rhea Ripley yes the Royal Rumble grants you a match at Wrestlemania but girl you, you need to beat Nia Jax not only you need to beat her you need to beat 29 other women and you need to throw them over the top rope and that's easier said than done yeah I don't I don't like this because she just lost cleanly to Nia Jax <laughs> and she's like calling out Rhea Ripley I'm like call out Nia Jax bro she just beat you clean where the fuck is Nia Jax involved in all this it's like her win meant nothing yep and that's just kind of like how I felt this Monday Night Raw was it's like it was bad weather NFL playoffs I mean I feel like WB was just kind of like not a lot of people are gonna watch kind of thing I mean I, I don't really understand the, the mindset but to me it seems like they took the week off storyline wise and I, I didn't like that bro y- y- y'all kind of wasted my time other than the main event i did like the the beginning promo with drew mcintyre and cody rhodes uh where drew mcintyre told cody rhodes that uh, you are gonna finish your story just not before i finish mine (laughs) (laughs) so everybody got a story here going on we got ben nia jackson becky lynch got a story going on I mean, CM Punk got a story. Everybody got a story going on right now, currently. So uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, and even Kofi Kingston, there's a video online. Kofi Kingston is making fun of Cody Rhodes, downplaying the whole finish the story. I'm um, just basically trolling Cody Rhodes. But the reason why I hate this whole finish the story thing is because it, it really is downplaying Cody Rhodes' story. And by the time it gets to Cody Rhodes' story, it's going to be meaningless at this point. It's, especially if Cody Rhodes' main event's night two of WrestleMania. We're going to see all these quote-unquote stories come to an end. And then by the time we get to Cody, we're like, oh, all right, cool, whatever. I guess you've, you've finished your story. You beat a, a weekend Roman Reigns. He's a part-timer. He's never here anyways. Okay, whatever. All right, here's the title. Um, That's how I feel it's going to be like. But um, one thing I did want to talk about these WWE promos is that WWE is mainly focusing on mic skills instead of wrestling. And the the reason why I said this is because Cora Jade recently tore her ACL and she's out. Bro, she's stop. Out. That was a freak accident. It's not like she did something bad. It just It's just something that happened, bro. You can't say that they don't I practice. That. I understand that, but look at Charlotte Flair. Look at Giovanni Vinci. Bro, okay, Giovanni Vinci was just it was a drop kick, but Charlotte Flair didn't do anything dangerous. I mean, she just injured herself, just like Cora J did. Yeah, she fell from the top rope. Look at uh, Austin Theory and uh, whoever the other guy was that were trying to do the Spanish flat from the second rope, from the third rope. Freak accidents is like this. In my opinion, it's like, you know, you need to train your wrestlers. I'm not saying they don't train the wrestlers. I mean, look at our truth He got injured off a tope suicida, bro. Some of the basic ass moves. And WWE mainly focuses on mic skills and character work. I mean, can you at least tell your wrestlers to, uh, if you're going to do some dangerous, quote unquote, dangerous moves? This is moves? a dumb take, bro. This is a dumb take. I mean, are you not upset that some of these wrestlers are getting injured in what? How many wrestlers are Random are matches, bro. Stop, bro. I understand uh, that. Where's Those the trigger can... energy when the, all this stuff happens in AEW? I understand that, but hear, hear me out. 
bro, how many wrestlers have been out in WWE since the first? We had an injury on the first of January. I don't know, two, three. Uh, Austin Theory and uh, Carmelo Hayes aren't hurt. I mean, just Charlotte Flair, Giovanni Vinci probably got a concussion. Uh, Cora Jade freak accident. I mean, that's the only three that I really know of. Sonya Deville's also out as well. She's been out but for yeah, a while, though. That wasn't from the beginning yeah. of the year. Yeah, 2023, yes. But, um, you know, in my opinion, WWE focusing more on the mic skills and they need to focus more on the wrestling because it's the basic stuff that these guys are getting injured. I mean, I understand nine times out of ten doing a Canadian Destroyer from the top rope onto two tables can be dangerous. Nine times out of ten, it comes out perfectly. But these are basic ass moves, bruv. And when you argue when, oh, this is why AEW is trash because this happens over here. You know, I'm not going to point the finger at other people and start blaming bookers and people backstage like Marks Online do. All I'm saying is like, if you guys can focus on the wrestling for one minute, you can teach somebody how to talk on the mic, you know, as they're doing their promos on the job training. But wrestling takes time, bruv. Injuries like this shouldn't be happening because they're basic ass moves. Shit happens, dude. I'm not, I'm not gonna get into more of an argument with this, bro. Shit happens, and you want them to focus more on wrestling, then they're just gonna get more injured. But what's the point of wrestling? It's the wrestling at the end of the day, they have to get down and dirty in the squared circle, right? You can't just fucking talk your way into a championship. I know Jinder Mahal did in a horrible match, I should say, and I'm a fan of his. But if he had actually some wrestling down behind him, that could have been a great match. But since you quote unquote like that match, I'll let you talk about it first. It was a good match, they had a good ending. People were thinking because uh, Indashir was out there that Jinder Mahal was pretty much going to have a guaranteed win. We had a teased cash-in from Damien Priest that Drew McIntyre interrupted, right? And then Damien Priest was like, oh, you're gonna, you didn't do this? So then Damien Priest ends up attacking Drew McIntyre. They got a match scheduled for next week. They really played to the moment where people thought that Jinder Mahal was going to win. Seth Rollins was booked like Superman, kicked out of uh, the Coloss. He also kicked out of like, hitting the head with the, with the briefcase. I mean, it was a good match. It was a good ending. So you like the match? that everything was involved except Jinder Mahal. Damn. Bro, but even then, the ending is in the story is what made the match good. I, 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 I mean, bro, people, people, come on. Fucking Eddie Kingston and John Moxley had a four and a half star match and that match sucked. And you know what I'm saying? Come on, bro. Hey, at least you're talking about Eddie Kingston. You're talking about everybody else but Jinder Mahal. And you said the match was good? Mm. It was good, bro. It was good. Like we talked about last week. If we're going to do our own star ratings, in my opinion, a five star match, in my opinion, is a match that you can recommend. I'm a Jinder Mahal fed from day one i cannot recommend any gender mahal match but you're naming I mean, he's, everything he's not good, a good in the worker. match i mean he's not a, a great worker he's solid but he, the thing that does him justice is the stories he tells like outside of the ring granted what happens in the ring sometimes it really at the end of the day doesn't matter dude it's the storyline around it everything without gender mahal was great about that match right i mean you're the storyline me about it was good bro the match itself was mad but even then bro you can still have a good storyline even though the match sucked you don't have to have a five-star banger every time you go out there I'm, I'm not saying you have to have a five-star banger right, i'm at least saying say say a couple good things about jinder mahal in the match i thought bro, he was gonna saying, win bro i thought he had a real it. legit chance oh. of winning because of the storyline that was built up and what storyline was that because i heard yeah, he hasn't won a match in 2023 tony khan booked <laughs> booked jinder mahal better than he books his own fucking roster bro damn if it was jinder mahal tony khan would have given him the championship i mean i wouldn't be surprised if hook wins the title from samoa joe today honestly yep but still, I mean, you're not telling me anything good about Jinder Mahal's match. You're talking about everything else. The story. The, what story is that? You're bringing up Eddie Kingston. You're bringing up Tony Khan. No, I'm sorry. You're bringing I said up that, the briefcase. I said the ending was really good is what I said. If you would listen to what 
I said. I didn't talk about the match. I said the finish was good. So Seth Rollins winning the match, the finish was good. Okay. What about gender? What did gender do that stood out to you? Excellent heel work. They should, AEW should take a little, some 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 hints, some lessons there. Damn, that took you like what five minutes to come up with that? Damn, bro. Me and you were exchanging texts, and I told you I want Jinder Mahal to win the match, but not for the reasons that you think. And I'll tell you why. Because when Jinder Mahal was on his first WWE Championship run, I was a fan of Jinder. I wanted the man to win. I knew he couldn't wrestle, but he was a great champion. When I would express my feelings about Jinder Mahal on Facebook, Twitter, I was getting cooked by the WWE fan base. I know that WWE fan base does not want or did not want Jinder Mahal as their champion back then, and they don't want him now. The only reason why he's popular is because the trolls are just trolling, and everybody knows if Jinder was going to be champion, it was going to be all over for LLE, known as WWE, because Jinder's not, although he's quote-unquote a good champion in India, in the US, it's not that great. But And that's my guy. I, I gotta be fair. If I, you know, like the guy, I also gotta say what I don't like about him, just like I do with Cody Rhodes, CM Punk, Jungle Jack Perry, The Elite. I just can't be dick-riding. I'm not an easy So you admit that you're a dick-rider? <laughs> nope, I'm not. I just you said I can't be doing it all the time. <laughs> well, anyways, I mean, speaking of, of wrestlers that we do like, there's a breaking news here from Frightful Select uh, reporting that Charlotte Flair is pushing for Andrade to return to WWE and that Andrade had actually pushed for Ric Flair to come to AEW. What the fuck? Yeah, Andrade's original AEW deal was only for two years, but they had injury time added, which extended it to the end of 2023. Uh, a lot of the AEW talent said that he'd mentioned that he'd plan on staying with AEW. But at the end of his run, he told wrestlers that he was headed back to WWE. So, uh, yeah, is he headed back to WWE at the Royal Rumble? Who knows? But we'll find out at the Royal Rumble. But I'm sure we'll find out soon if he is WWE bound or not. Yeah, and, um, and Charlotte Flair is going to come out, what, due to 9 to 12 months, right? Yeah, she hurt her knee pretty bad. Yeah. So did Cora Jade. Like you mentioned, they said she's going to be gone for most of the year. Crazy. Yeah, but before we start talking about AEW Dynamite, and I know the Rumble is only a few weeks away, uh, I want to talk about that post that we made on our Facebook that got really popular. And it's the debate of, is Damian Priest the worst money in the bank holder of all time? I mean, some people can argue, some people can disagree. I say it's Otis. What about you? So I had completely forgot about this person. I would say Otis or Baron Corbin, but I had completely forgotten about Damian Sandow uh, and him being money in the bank holder. He won it, really? Yeah, he won it. It was a brown briefcase. It was like a suitcase kind of thing. He oh, won it. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. also lost to John Cena. He didn't. He didn't successfully cash in. He was the first one to ever not successfully cash in. Yeah, I mean, it was so unforgettable. About Damien Sandow, one time was a good heel. And Baron Corbin, at least he's still around, but Damien Sandow was terrible. Otis was terrible as well, but it was also the pandemic era. Uh, I feel like we can get away from that. He also didn't cash it in. He lost his briefcase to The Miz, which The Miz ended up winning. Uh, I know some people said that The Miz is the worst Money in the Bank holder, but he's actually won. So yeah, that's true. They can go away with that nonsense. I'm going to go with Damien Sandow. Damn, I, I completely forgot Damien Sandow even held the briefcase. I know a lot of people were throwing Jack Swagger in the mix, um, Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, but, Jack, but they reason. both won those things. That's Jack Swagger yeah. and Dolph Ziggler both won. Yeah. They some haters, bro. Yep, yep, yep. 
Alright, now moving on to the A show, AEW Dynamites, because I already know my man Tony Khan did not disappoint. So all that you just heard was recorded before we saw AEW Dynamite. Now that we've seen AEW Dynamite, I mean, I want to say the last thing that Adrian said was like, I'm really excited for AEW Dynamite. Bro, that shit was ass. That show was ass. That show was ass. Stop it, bro. Stop it, bro. That shit was fucking cinema, bro. Cinema. Stop, bro. I mean, it wasn't as bad as, as Monday Night Raw was. I got to give it credit where, it, where it's due. It wasn't that bad, but it was still bad. So I'm going to hop right into it here with the first thing I have an issue with. And I know people want to hear us talk about it. It's the main event, right? Let's start with the main event. Samoa Joe versus Hook. He kicks out at one on the muscle buster. He gets his ass beat. He gets treated like Loki getting his ass whooped by the Hulk in the first Avengers movie. He kicks out. He goes through everything. He gets choked out. We find out that Hook has the biggest six head I've ever seen. He possibly has got a toupee. (laughs) That's what he's got hiding under all that hair. And then he, he does the Jeff Hardy bit with the Undertaker in the ladder match where Samoa Joe beats his ass already and then he's like come back bro I'm still standing and then Samoa Joe goes back beats his ass blah blah blah, blah. happens again and then he's saved by uh Magnum TA <coughs> I mean uh Hangman Adam Page so that's kind of what I had an issue with it but Adrian what did you what did you like about this match because people are saying that this was the greatest match ever bro I don't know what the AEW fan base is smoking. It is not the greatest match ever. As we know, the greatest match to ever take place in a squared circle is Edge versus Randy Orton. <laughs> and Randy Orton, yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this match was great to an extent. Um, Yes, kicking out at one on the muscle buster was kind of like a, oh, is it killing the move? Does the move not mean anything? But you got to understand, Samoa Joe also had a say in this backstage, you know? So you, you could take it as that or you could take it as the kid has hearts that joe is pushing the kid over joe is doing everything in his power that he has to put hook over as a future star of tomorrow as you mentioned jeff hardy and undertaker back in 2002 it was a ladder match similar stuff no way jeff hardy was gonna beat undertaker in a ladder match yes but that was at least competitive somewhat competitive bro yeah so somewhat competitive it was a good match it was a ladder match it wasn't just a straight up regular match bro and what is this gonna put hook over for he's gonna go Go back to fucking fighting Wheeler Yuta. Like, who, what, what is, what's next for Hook? What's next for Hook is we're going to have to tune in on a weekly basis to watch AEW Dynamite's Rampage and Collision because the man, he's what, 23, 24 years old? I don't know, man. I just think that you could go 50-50 on this. You're either killing the move or the kid has heart and he has a bright future ahead of him. He was building this match and vignette on Collision and Rampage throughout last week. A lot of people said that there was good work by Hook. I myself agree as well. But yeah, man, the, the future is bright for the kid, and I can't wait to see more. For a second in that match, Hook was getting his ass beat, and Taz and commentary was at ringside, and the man couldn't even speak. He was like, oh, man, I, I, can't, I can't do this anymore, man. I got I to step away. I got to turn around. I can't watch. And away, I was like, holy shit. And then shit. he still stood there and saw his, his son getting up <laughs> and getting his ass beat. I, for a second, I thought Taz <laughs> was going to go in the ring and tell like, Joe to stop. Stop. He's done. That He's see done. that you should be a writer for AEW, bro. Bro, that's what I'm fucking saying, bro. My man Tony Khan better. gets my ideas, bro. That would have been an emotional ass way to put Hook over, but in a way he could have put his dad off to the side, push him off to the side, and then done the Jeff Hardy bit. Like, oh, is that all yeah. you got? 
I would have loved that. I mean, obviously Taz can't wrestle anymore, but yeah, it would have been great. I feel like that would have been a lot better than what than what we ended up getting because his dad. I mean, his dad was right there on commentary, and if that was my son, I would have gone down there. Like I feel like story line wise, that would have been a lot better. Uh, I don't know if they thought about it, but they just decided not to do it. I mean, who knows? But to me, that would have been a lot better. Yeah, and I actually got it from uh, the Simpsons when when Homer Simpson uh, was impersonating Krusty the Clown and was beating on the Hamburglar, and the kid was like, "Stop, stop! He's." alive already oh yeah it would have been great that would have been good things that weren't good on the show was christian cage versus uh gold dust aka dustin Rhodes. i don't really gotta say much about that match we knew who was gonna win did you have any doubt that who's gonna win adrian we obviously knew who was gonna win the father of the year was not gonna lose this match especially against dustin Rhodes. yes this is dustin's Rhodes' third time challenging for the tnt championship the first time he challenged against brody lee the second time he fought sammy guevara in a vacant open challenge for the tnt championship it was great i mean some people thought third time was going to be the charm obviously the wrestling fans knew he was not going to win the match but he did great he backed off christian cage's goons luchasaurus with a low blow and nick went with a canadian destroyer for a 54 year old man doing all that shit around the ring stepping up to the father of the year i think he did great yeah i mean we've seen him do the canadian destroyer it was like in a battle royale before <clears throat> but yeah i mean christian cage he's not gonna lose see that's the thing was the aw's like with wwe at least there's like other contenders that can easily be brought up i wouldn't want to and consider this like an actual contender but we'll see where this storyline goes with christian cage if edge comes back to the tnt title picture who knows uh we do get to see swerve have a little like backstage segment pretty much uh says yeah he has his eyes everywhere so they're talking to swerve strickland he says that he didn't win the continental classic but he came out and everybody's talking about him that makes him the most dangerous man so he's probably gonna end up fighting hangman page again right because he's he keeps bringing up hangman page yeah most likely yeah when swerve strickland said he has eyes everywhere he also said he was watching hangman adam page beat danielson kenny omega uh beat moxley but he hasn't beat swerve strickland and that's one person that hangman adam page Page needs to beat it in order to get over again to the main title picture. But no, Sir Strickland is just way too powerful for him. He beat him not once, but twice. I don't think Heyman's win the third match. I still think Sir Strickland's going to come out strong and potentially beat Samoa Joe for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Maybe not in the next coming months kind of like how Tony Khan likes to book it but if they give it like a good six seven months from now I think Swerve Strickland would be AEW world champion yeah I'd like to see him be AEW world champion hopefully before MJF comes back but it all depends about what's really gonna go down right it might he might have to wait a little bit speaking of MJF there's a little rumor going around that he's number one person on the radar to show up at the Royal Rumble this came out of left field he's not showing up at the Royal Rumble bro stop with the fake Tony Khan news bro <laughs> God, bidding war. This is the most quiet bidding war I've ever heard. If this is true, <laughs> moving on, we get to see uh, the continuation of Commander and Pentel Cero Miedo. Some Mexicans getting beat down like they always do in AEW, bro. They're like the LWO of AEW. They take nothing but the L's. They lost to Orange Cassidy and Trent Breda. Is the other guy injured? What's his name? Bray Phoenix? No, the other best oh, friend. Chuck Taylor? Yeah, is he injured? I have no idea, to be honest. Damn. Well, he's 
nowhere to be seen. Now it's Orange Cassidy and Trent Beretta. Yeah, I thought Pac was going to show up because this was a random ass match. I didn't think they had announced it. But yeah, Pac is clear to wrestle now. Now they're just trying to figure out what to do with the Death Triangle and Commander as well because they were former AW Tag Team Champions, Lucha Bros, and former Trios Champions, the Death Triangle. So they already got their flowers right now. They're, they're sitting backstage chilling. Um, they're working some AAA days as well. Uh, but now they're just waiting on Tony Khan to write something good for them. So they can get back to the top where they belong. Speaking about people that need to go back to where they were, let's talk about Nicholas and Matthew Jackson. Adrian, uh, I'm going to let you start this one off. Ooh, bro. Nicholas and Matthew Jackson. Did I or did I not tell you last week that these two individuals were going to catch the most heat possible before their match at Revolution with Sting? And guess what? It happened. The best possible way the Young Bucks can catch the most heat and the quickest heat is by just flaunting their EVP status at everybody. Talking to Renee Paquette, saying that they signed her paychecks, saying that they created an alternative, saying that they signed cancerous individuals and now they're gone. This is the best way for the Young Bucks to catch the quickest and fastest heat before their match with Sting at Revolution. I said it last week and I'll keep saying it again because once that match happens, the Greensboro Coliseum is going to go berserk when Sting chops, kicks, and punches either one of the Young Bucks. That arena is going to go crazy because the Young Bucks are going to be hated so fucking much that anything Sting does to them is going to get an immediate pop. No crowd pipe nose included in this one. They are going to get natural heat from the crowd and it's showing already. They're not going to get natural heat, bro, because the only people that they are really be would be triggering is WWE fans. People that love AEW are like, oh yeah, stick it to the marks. Nah, the UV saw they were catching some boost unless they were piped in boost. They're popped in booze, bro. Stop. Bro, stop. They don't do that in AEW, bro. Yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> no, but if you, like I told you last week, the Young Bucks have to catch as much heat as possible. And by flaunting their in AVP status, yeah, true. it's great. It's going to be great because it's going to make Stink look better. When they put Sting over, it's going to be fucking phenomenal. I, I, I'm digging this. What about you? I mean, they're not going to put Sting over, bro. They're going to win and they're going to hopefully continue that heat. Ooh. But I was going to say, Brandon Cutler's been tweeting about it saying, you know, like, oh, according to uh, sources backstage, the promo that the <laughs> that the Young Bucks did improved morale backstage enormously, supposedly. Bruh. Bro, they mainly talk shit about cancerous individuals and old heads. But speaking of, like you said, Young Bucks and Young Bucks not putting Sting over, there was a, a video package on this week's episode of Dynamite that Sting and Darby Allen are going to go after the AEW Tag Team Champions. Bro, cinema to its finest, bro. Someone give Tony Khan an Oscar already because <laughs> if you're adding the AEW Tag Team titles to this match... Every single AEW hater, quote unquote, uh, um, Young Bucks hater fan, every fan is going to say, oh, this is going to be an easy pick in. The Young Bucks are going to win and they're going to win the tag team titles again. This is going to be trash. Quick, quick, quick expose. I'm going to try to expose you here. Quick, without looking. Who is the AW Tag Team Champion? Big Bill and Ricky oh, Starks. Bro. Okay, not that bad, bro. They just had a match at Battle of the Belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dumbass Sammy Guevara. Oh, since I'm a father now, I'm not going to do any crazy spots. Second match he has back, crazy ass fucking spot. See, speaking of last week too, didn't I tell you the only people that don't listen to all his backstage are like the Sammy Guevara's and the top flies and stuff? What did Sammy yeah. Guevara do? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, if you're adding the tag team titles to, to this match, to Sting's final match, it's going to be 
It's going to be a lot great. A lot of people are going to say, oh, the Young Bucks are going to put themselves over, blah, 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 blah. You know, and then when Sting finally gets over once, he's going to do the Samoa Joe win a match and then vacate the tag team titles, bro. Man, probably. I mean, they're they're going to have to just lose the titles to the Young Bucks. I think that's going to end up happening. Yeah, man. And then we have the Ring of Honor trios title after this. Bullet Club Gold, Austin Gunn, Colton Gunn, and Jay White versus the Mogul Embassy. And we have a, a title change here. Ring of Honor tag trios title changes hands. Uh, you never, I mean, Mogul Embassy, at least they were on Ring of Honor. The Guns and Jay White are never on Ring of Honor. So I, once again, like, I don't understand why we have to have all these titles. But then after this match happened, the acclaim come out. So what, what are they going to unify the title? Hopefully, thank God, hopefully they unify the titles here. Yeah, they've been having a lot of backstage segment and collision as well. The acclaim saved Bullet Club Gold recently. Yeah, and everybody's saying where it's like, oh, they're both baby faces now. I remember that. Yeah, I didn't get this match at all. Like, you know, I know I always praise AEW, but this one I did not I, I did not like it. And I get why people say titles don't mean anything over there. It's because when you have title matches basically with no storyline, no build, you don't expect titles to be changed. And then the titles change, you're like, wow. I mean, titles are changing on your show on a weekly night. Make it mean something, you know? And to me, it didn't mean nothing. Even though uh, Gates of Agony have been doing absolutely great in Ring of Honor and in Collision, this one was just a dud. I was like, oh, great. The Bullet Club Gold won Ring of Honor six-man tag team titles. I don't know. I, was, I wasn't impressed. I wasn't excited. I was just like, oh, great. They won titles. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. I didn't I didn't think too much of it. I'm just like, okay, so this was all built up. It was like, here, put the titles on them. That way they can fight against the acclaimed. That's what it felt like. I'm like, you guys could have done that without taking the titles off of the Facts. other guys. Yep. I don't know. But what, what did you think about Anna Jay and the debuting Deanna Perrazzo? Oh, it was her second match. Oh, you're right. Sorry, yeah. my bad. Second match. Sit first on Dynamite. Somebody pointed out that Anna Jay has been with the company for, what, four years? And she has not won a singles match in AEW Dynamite. Damn. Uh, they'd rather, they'd <laughs> rather sign new talent than putting over the existing talent, bro? I guess so. That one, you know, I like the match. But after learning that fact from one of our listeners, I don't know how I feel about it now. Because just like you said, it, they'd rather put over new talent rather than their uh, homegrown talent. Um, although the match was great, I'm just like, ah, yeah, no, you need to start putting some of your uh, homegrown talent over Tony Khan if you want it, even to create a storyline or something. But, I mean, I like the comment Thomas Tony Storm made made after the match when she said she was going to march in that ring and punch La Virtuosa right in her box. Yeah, but the thing about that is like, so she just makes her debut and she's automatically getting a title shot? That, um... If she's, by, if she's fighting jobbers, it's not like she's fighting Soraya, fighting Ruby Soho, not fighting Sky Blue or someone else, you know? She's like... Yeah, she may be like in the title picture. I don't know if we're going to get a title match soon. Hopefully it doesn't bite me in the ass and we get a title match next week. Hopefully not. Maybe in a couple weeks. Maybe, nah, not a couple weeks. Maybe in a couple months. Because we already know the All-International Championship belt is going to be defended at AEW revolution with Roderick Strong and Orange Cassidy, but I would like the AEW Women's Champion to be a challenge at Revolution and not on a regular Dynamite or Collision Night. I see. And what did you think about Private Party making? See, I don't, do we even should we even talk about this Private Party beating Top Flight? Um, Private Party. You know, Mark Quinn came back from injury, so they're just trying to put their name back in the tag team title picture, or at least in the tag team title uh, locker room or something. I don't know, but I mean, I was a fan of Private Party, so I'm just I'm glad they're back. Got it. So let's go over Rampage spoilers or results, I guess, depending on when this comes out. So I called this AEW. What did I call it? Friday Night Jobbers. <laughs> 
Why is that? Why is that? Well, so, I mean, the card, once, as soon as they announced it, I was like, Chris Jericho versus the jobber, Matt Seidel. And this respect to the wrestlers, they're just booked to be jobbers, knowing they're, I'm sure they're great wrestlers. Uh, ben Tercero Miedo defeating Anthony Henry. I don't even know who Anthony Henry is. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, Chris Statlander beating Queen Amanada. Who? And, and and then Darby Allen, defeat, Darby Allen defeating Jeff Hardy. And, and, and Yeah. So Jeff apparently did, quote unquote, all kinds of crazy stuff, all types of crazy things, trying to keep up with Darby Allen's insanity, including a swan time bomb table spot. Damn, are you serious? I mean, I know. I'm sorry for that who of Jeff Hardy, but uh, damn, are you serious? Yeah. I mean, I didn't know it was a street fight, but apparently they did a swan Tom bomb table spot. But we'll see it on Friday. Uh, these are spoilers. So, yeah. Hey, I can't wait for that match. Uh, like I said, I've been a fan of the Hardy Boys, but just uh, damn, hopefully it's not that hard to watch because uh, I'm a fan of Jeff Hardy. I, I watched him grow up, but. I mean, take care of your body, man. Yeah, especially Darby Allen, bro. You're young, dude. I, I speak from uh, experience. Things you can do in your 20s, you can't do in your 30s, especially if you played soccer a lot. Your knees hurt. Your ankles hurt. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, before we go on, depending on when this episode comes out, we are going to be seeing none other than the current NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Ethan Carter Third at SPW, defending it against Drake Frost. Damn, that's going to be an amazing match. I know your boy's going to be excited for that meet and greet, and I know he has a seminar um, before the show. I'm, I'm I'm going to try to text some people, see if I could get in. I'm not a wrestler, but I'm going to see if I could get in just to be in there. What about you? I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there to greet and meet EC3. Or however, I think he goes by EC3 because he can't go by Ethan Carter yeah, III yeah. due to legal reasons. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, if you guys want to keep up with what we're doing, hit us up on our socials at Triggered Wrestling. Everywhere we are Triggered Wrestling except for Twitter or X. We are T-R-I-G-G underscore wrestling, Trig underscore wrestling. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be back with some more news, information, reviews on Collision, SmackDown, Monday Night Raw, AEW Dynamite. So stay tuned for all that and more. Stay triggered. Bang, bang. Bang. <laughs>